This podcast is the overflow of a three and a half minute song called Jesus Happened. You can expect raw and real conversation, stories, and testimonies of my personal Jesus Happened moment, along with many others. So here we go with another episode of the Jesus Happened podcast. Is the key that unlocks the door. Christ in me, the glory of the Lord. I am a fragrance of your name. Hey! <laughs> Hallelujah! Welcome back to the Jesus Happened podcast, y'all. How y'all doing, y'all, 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 y'all? Um, so welcome back. This week is super, super fun. I'm in New Orleans, Louisiana um, with my husband, actually, at a roofers convention, a construction convention of America or something like that down in NOLA. Um, It's so fun. I get to be the roofers wife this week. Um, It's hilarious also, though, because they, of course, today, as I'm walking around the convention with my husband... You know, I'm meeting all these people, these roofers, and it all sounds like Chinese to me what they're talking about. But um, at one point, I met a guy who went to Indiana Bible College with Taryn Wells, and we started talking, and it was just hilarious because he's like, oh my gosh, you should come play a worship set tomorrow. And I'm like, doing that tomorrow. So it's just so funny. God's connections never look like the ones that we would um, expect. But speaking of God connections... um, My friend who's on the podcast today, his name's Chris Burns and I, we met on Instagram, um, I don't know how long ago, a while ago because of that song I was just singing. Um, It's called White Flag and my church um, was singing it during worship quite a bit and I was like, this song's amazing. Who, did we make this? Did we write this? And people were like, no, that's Chris Burns, girl, don't you know? And I'm like, no, who's that? And so I started following Chris Burns and just always, you know, kind of felt like he, I just felt like I knew him before I knew him. And then through, um, a series of events, God connected us. I went to a worship night where he was leading. He prayed for me, him and his wife, and it was just so sweet. And and then we got coffee a couple times. Um, I've met his kids a few times and he's just a brother. He's a brother in Christ and such an awesome guy. He loves the Lord and he has a radical Jesus happened testimony. And so, um, yeah, I'm going to read his bio really quick to embarrass him, uh, because we all love when our bios are read. Um, <laughs> uh, but I just feel like it really sets up kind of, um, what he's doing these days in ministry and yeah, what he's about. So, Chris Burns is a worship leader, revivalist, and preacher. He has traveled extensively throughout the U.S., Asia, Europe, and even the Middle East the past 15 years with songs, worship, and the preaching and teaching of the gospel. He has released seven worship albums to date. Y'all should all go listen. I love them all. My favorite is called Then the Lord Awoke, I'm pretty sure. And he's an author of a book called Pioneers of His Presence, which is used in schools all over the world and has been translated into various different languages. He is the founder of The Sound Movement, which is a podcast 
um, as well as uh, a movement that hosts nationwide Jesus festivals, worship, schools, music intensives. Chris and his wife, Danielle, along with their children, Jude, Mila, and Elizabeth, currently live, serve, and base themselves out of New Orleans, Louisiana, which is hilarious because when we recorded this episode, I was in Nashville and had no clue I was going to be in NOLA. So, yeah, he's currently leading the Bourbon Street Revival um, in New Orleans, and he talks about it in this episode. So without further ado, I'm going to be quiet and just let y'all hear our interview. Bye. Yo, what up? What's up, Chris? So there's no video, I guess, huh? No, it's just audio, I guess. This is my first rodeo on this. (laughs) Oh, well, this is easy. I mean, it's already recording. Everything's good, so... I know, and, I'm and no one can see no one can see me in my gym shorts and looking like an absolute scrub right now. <laughs> well, same here. I've got a messy bun, and you should see my kitchen. It's a hot mess. <laughs> Thanks for coming on. I I did before you even came on here. I did a little pre uh, introduction, which you will you will love to hear later because I read your bio off your website. <laughs> nice, nice. Yes, and it's so cool. And I had no idea that you've been to like the Middle East and Asia. Yeah, yeah. That is incredible. So you'll have to go sometime uh, when we leave yes. when when the pandemic's over and we lead some teams. You you yes. guys can come with us and it's it yeah, it'll be amazing. Yeah, and I'm still planning on coming to New Orleans. I'm not joking. Um because you guys are living there now full time, right? We are, yes. We are New Orleanians through. Is that and through. what they call them? I that's what I call it. So <laughs> yeah. It's incredible. So um I know I kind of just like threw you on the spot. I texted you. I'm like, yo, Chris, you want to be on my podcast? Um, And you have your own podcast, which I listen to often, which is amazing. And Chris has his own music and he's pastoring and preaching and has three kids and a wife. And like, I'm so grateful for your ministry. And basically, like when I started this podcast two weeks ago during the snowpocalypse here in Nashville, I had no idea that the Lord was like not only calling me to like tell my Jesus happened story, but also to bring on fellow saints to hear theirs. Um, I love it. So I want to hear like basically who you were pre-Jesus, what your life was like, how you grew up. Um, yeah. What you knew about God, you know, did you go to church? Did you not? And then we'll kind of stop there and, and hear like the moment that Jesus happened to you. And, and then we'll go yes. from there. Well, first of all, this is like the such a great idea for a podcast. Can I just say, I mean, (laughs) it really is. And like the song that you just put out, which is incredible. And like, just the whole idea of Jesus. Yeah. I love it. It's so cool. I love it because like, who doesn't want to listen? First of all, conversations are more fun to listen to than one person talking. I, I, I would say. And then also who doesn't want to hear like salvation stories and like how we met Jesus, how Jesus happened to our lives. It's like that never gets old. So I think you've got a really good thing on your hands right here. Well, thank you. You might need to abandon music and you might become a full on (laughs) just podcaster. I know. Well, my husband is like, Hey, podcaster all the time around the house. I'm like, okay, calm down. Calm down. It could, it could blow up. What are you going to do if, if this (laughs) blows up and you know, you just, no more well, music ever again. I would listen. I'd say yes to whatever God says. The funniest thing, Chris, you'll appreciate this being in music is I didn't ask the label if I could do this because I forgot I was signed. 
Oh, well, see, that's a good thing, though. That's a good uh, thing. No, it was so funny, and everybody laughed, and they actually obviously love it um, because this only, you know, yeah, it encourages. Only helps. Yeah, yeah. It's anyways. So go, anyways. Tell me your Jesus happened story. Yeah. So Jesus happened to me. Okay, before Jesus was not raised in a Christian home, you know, um, my only experience really of Christianity um, in any capacity was. You know, around junior high, I started, I don't know what this was, but Christian girls from the youth group loved the, I just, that was my experience. I'm going to youth group, hanging out with the Christian girls to put on a good face for their parents. Really, I'm the bad boy. So yes, I did the whole thing. I mean, I, I partied and I played sports, partied, uh, played music as well. Um, of course, at, even at that time, um, you know, my parents were bikers. Uh, they were in not just like regular bikers, but like one percenters, which if you don't know, biker culture is like code or basically just another way of saying they were engaged in criminal activity. They ran with the what? pagan. You can like look up on any sort of biker documentary, the biker <laughs> club called the Pagans. Which is all, <gasps> it was like doubly demonic, right? Like the pagan. So anyway, which is like hilarious because now that we read the Bible, like that's very obvious. Yeah, yeah. So the pagan biker club is. So I grew up at my wow. my house. Um, we, you know, where where I'm from, I remember just fifty, sixty Harleys pulling up in the driveway. Parents hosting huge parties. Um, wow. you know, tattooed, wild. That was my upbringing. I was way more comfortable in a bar than I was at church because my dad would take me every Thursday evening to the local bar called the Stardust. And I got to drink Shirley Temples and hang out at the bar <laughs> while they played pool till around wow. eight o'clock when it started getting serious. So seriously, like that's my upbringing. I go to hang with Christian girls at youth group. Right. That's my experience. I'm putting on the face all through wow. high school. I don't know why, but I always seem to date Christian girls. Anyway, um, (laughs) yeah, so all that to say, I get signed at the age of 17 to a major record label out of Los Angeles, California. Yeah, I mean, from there. um, Wow, that's young to be signed. Yeah, so the band was older than me. Um, It was, you know, rock, heavier rock. Um, We were on an indie label, got signed to a major label. Uh, So as soon as I was out of high school, I actually toured my senior the summer before my senior year the whole summer i toured went back to finish obviously high school and then right out into touring um and then dude i worked at a music store that was owned by christians (laughs) when i was off tour and i would come in high i would come in you know hung over that these christian people at this music store loved me so so well (laughs) they were very peculiar people as well um and they would always say things like, you have an anointing on your life. You have a, you have such a call on your life. I didn't even know what, what they were talking about. Right, it, it right. It woke something up in me. So Come on. the Holy Spirit, long story short, followed me around from all of their talking that I thought was crazy and that probably looked like it was doing nothing, actually followed <laughs> me around to where I would be at a party that night and like, you know, like hitting the blunt and be like, y'all, like. These people like, you know, I'm probably drinking a bottle of whiskey at this point. And then the Holy Spirit is all 
over me right in my wow. darkness. Just, I'm like, do you guys ever think about God? Do you guys ever think about this Woo! Jesus thing? And like, I could not Come shake on. it. I couldn't get it off of me. And so finally, you know, I'm like, I'm going to go to church. I, I go to church. I experience the presence of God, which is better than any drug or high or buzz I've Come ever had. And I'm, I'm in heaven, like in worship. I'm yeah. like, what is this? This cheesy music is giving me goosebumps. What's happening Woo. to me right now? Because I hated the music. I was like, gosh, that stuff is so cheesy. But man, the presence oh of God is all over me. And now I get saved. I'm like listening to Wild 99 in my car. Yes, yes. To like yes. Michael W. Smith's Like a Rose and all this other goofy music that just was touching me in the deepest, deepest of ways. No, no hate on M. Dub Smith. Right, right, but, right. You know, um, from where I was coming from, it was like, it was just a little bit goofy. You know, I wasn't like a huge fan yeah. of Christian music before. And we've gotten so much better over the last Neither was I. Decade, that's, but... that's exactly what I, I still tell my Christian label now. And they all laugh because they get it, you know? Yeah. I mean, it really was like, it just hit me. It wasn't the the style or the genre. It was the presence of God, the anointing on the music Amen. that touched me, you know? So, man, yep. like, yeah, I go off to, I leave the band uh, subsequently that I was in my dream that I thought was my dream. You know, I know, you know that. Yep. So what I yep. thought was my dream, I left and led worship for a little country church, um, in <laughs> Southern Ohio and, you know, just was leading. And then God broke out in revival in this church. And then fast forward eight years later, uh, the whole city where I'm from in Southern Ohio is, in revival up in smoke and revival wow. still to this day that move of god has like you know we've seen over 50 to 60 <laughs> worship leaders out of that move you know Come pastors on. leaders prayer movement that came out of that city that's still happening and it really just launched us to the nations which the story is you know again i don't have a christian culture background so yeah you know people started inviting us out and hey we want you to lead worship and speak I was getting a cheese pizza and 50 bucks. And I thought, this is, in, this is incredible what is <laughs> yeah. happening. And yeah, I mean, the last 12 years we've been, God has just really supernaturally, not through trying, not through striving, not by way of like, man, I want to be this great thing, but just really accidentally been able to see the world and the gospel all yeah. over the world and what Jesus is doing all over the country, yes. all over the world. And he is, he is doing awesome things. So still to this day. Amen. Amen. So like, so when you left the band, was that like, you know, was that a little turbulent or like, what was that like? Did they understand? Were they like, see you yeah. never talking it's to you? It's a good again? question. Cause half the band I led to the Lord, the other half. Come actually, on. <laughs> so we actually released, we're on this completely secular label we, me, the vocalist get saved. We were the main writers of the band. So we write a, really, we write a Christian, like heavy rock, heavy metal, if you will, like album. We, <laughs> we write a Christian record with Christian lyrics and the whole deal on a secular label because we just, guess what was coming out of us. But, you yeah. know, half the band wasn't. I remember though, there was a period where on tour, and when you're doing these tours, we were in a 16 passenger van pulling a trailer, like those yep. tours where we're getting like per diem, $30 per diem a day. <laughs> we're sleeping. We're not getting showers for three, four days at right. a time. I'm not talking about tour bus 
Nashville, like nice right. tours. I'm talking about like grinding hustle tours and, you know, yep. and those, in those days, like I remember touring and, and, and I remember my confidant was really my, my vocalist. Cause we were both believers and, uh, yeah. he kind of slipped, he slipped back into just a lot of the, the drug abuse, alcohol abuse and, and whatever. And at mm. the time I was such an immature Christian too, and a baby Christian that I was just like, struggling in really, I think just, just seeing that, not having any friends feeling really alone. I don't think I had the, I don't think I had the spiritual fortitude to really be in that environment. Mm. So I, I remember just someone asking me like, you know, if the Lord, if the band all quit today, what would you think? And I thought I'd be so happy because I wouldn't have to be the one to kind of leave. It would just take the responsibility off. And then that's when I knew yeah, the Lord was calling me out. So I kind of lost yeah. touch. We still have, I still have some touch with, with some of those guys, but yeah, it was tough. Yeah. It's tough to give up the dream you've carried your whole life and like, yeah. let the Lord rework that. It's really hard. Completely. It is. I know. And it's just funny. Like, I'm sure you can relate in that moment, you know, at 18, 19 years old, same thing happened to me. Just it happened to be a cheerleading mm-hmm. dream, but same thing. I'm like, totally you know, that was my first, I'd say, Jesus happened moment before I even opened my eyes to him, uh, where like, you know, doors closed and I'm like walking away from this dream. And then fast forward, you know, to 23 years old and I walk in the the car shop that I first experienced the presence of the Lord. And I would go back to my, you know, country music world and, and nobody, nobody wanted what I experienced. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, there's a few co-writes where, you know, some people that had been hurt by the church or, you know, you know, walked away from Christian music to do country music. Um, they would see Jesus on me and see that that first love fire situation that they used to yeah. probably have. And so, you know, some people loved it. And one of my favorite verses is uh, I don't I'm not going to quote it perfectly, but in the message, it's like people either um people either call us like a stench of doom or they, or a fresh fragrance. They like love it or they hate it. Um, and so I'm sure you experienced both of those situations like I did. Um, Absolutely. And so did, so did Jesus, like Jesus couldn't even draw people to himself all the time, obviously. Um, so, okay. So Jesus happens to you and you start leading worship and you get called to be like a worship leader and so what, what did life look like after that? Like, when did you meet your wife and, um, you know, all that, where did he lead you to after yeah, this that? This is the juicy question, right? Because I know there's a lot of girls and women listening to this podcast going to go, yes, please tell me, tell me the, the, <laughs> the, the, the wife thing. Like, how did that happen? Yes. Jesus happened yes. and then wife happened. Um, and thank then God wife. too, because yeah. honestly, I'm, I'm so thankful that that, got settled early on. I got saved at 19. So, I mean, I think I met my wife when I was like 22, maybe 21, 22. So yeah, I mean, um, after the Lord swooped me up radically and I, my whole course of my life changed, um, which I must say, I, I just can't skip over the fact that like, I left this dream of like being on the road, playing in front of thousands of people, huge festivals, yes concerts, touring, you're living that, that rock star life, albeit on a smaller scale at the time, we were really just starting when the Lord kind of snatched me out of that lifestyle. But I mean, 
I literally went to leading worship um, for like 50 <laughs> people and worked at Steak and Shake. So let's just keep that like in our, because I don't like people would yes. see me, they'd be like, bro, so you literally, because like from where we're from, we yeah. were hometown heroes. I mean, we were on the papers, right, like right, right. band gets signed out of da, 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 da. It was like a big deal. And then here I am a year and a half right after our big break and I'm working at Steak and Shake wearing a goofy hat, like leading worship for a bunch of old people <laughs> in a country church. What has happened to this guy? And yes. all I, it's like you, right? It's like, well, the truth is Jesus just happened to me. And it didn't right. look glamorous at first. It really didn't. At it looked all. like, me dude, you just gave up everything. <laughs> Are you an idiot? And it's like, yep. really in those moments you you do, there's, there's, there is moments in that first, those first years I know for me that, Man, looking back, yeah. it was only Jesus that kept me, you know, it was Amen. only just supernatural that I even stayed the course. But yeah, I mean, from that point, listen, here's how I meet my wife. I'm at a worship festival, an older spiritual papa, <laughs> and it is a charismatic crap show, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> and I mean that with every bit of endearment, um, but like, just to give you an essence of what it was like. It was Tabernacle, yes, Feast of Tabernacles. So it was like the Christian uh, sphere where people are super into Israel. And I love it. I think it's cool. It's whatever. Yes. Here's the yes. thing. It was 24-7 worship for a week straight. And they had this tent. But then the, 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 the goofy part was, and God bless them. Oh, Lord Jesus. Thank you for these yes, people. Lord. Yes. I, they, they would every night have someone dress up as King David with a styrofoam oh, arc oh, yes. that they would walk to the tent where there was 24 seven worship as a reenactment every night. And all, my only on. goal in that thing was to never be asked to dress up and be David. I was like, cause my social <laughs> life would have been clearly over at that point, but right. And you had, oh, long, had long hair back hair then, right? And um, yes. so anyway, they said, Hey, there's a night set. So everyone would camp out. It was in Columbus, Ohio. Everyone would camp out. Wow. And hey, there's a yeah, that's it's incredible. Kind, it's kind of incredible. It's also a little weird, and also like, but, yes, but a hey, little weird it is. For sure. It was what it was. It is what it is. Yes. They said this girl's <laughs> leading worship at the ten o'clock set. She needs a partner to like. She needs someone else to help her lead for this around the clock worship. Would you lead? She's a worship leader from Columbus, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, for sure. We go, we literally met my wife. The first thing we did together was lead worship together. Come I know it's on. so like starry eyed. That is like, perfect. that is like every yeah. girl. Here comes your knight in shining Nicholas armor, like dream. into the worship room and your first encounter, <laughs> you're going to lead worship together. Um, yeah. Come so on. anyway, love it. from that point forward, I think we met and we're married in like six months. It was absolutely insane yep. we've been married for 12 years yep. now by the way um so yep did chris you know that me and james we haven't even gotten to catch up because the last time we had coffee i told you about the dream right. i had um where jesus wrote me a letter told me i was gonna meet my husband but me and james we met when we were 18 at in college but then this past june we met again re-met got engaged and married in wow. six months yeah it's like <laughs> some of those things like I mean, I've been, obviously yeah. I've been following. I mean, you did real good. He's a handsome fella. Um, Come I on. You know, I don't know him, but <laughs> on looks alone, he passes the test. 
There you go. Yes. So the first thing he'll he, know of me he's, is he's I definitely... called him um, a handsome man. But there you go. You, I, I will meet some point, I'm sure. Um, congratulations, by well, the way. Well, he loves You're not your pregnant music. yet, are you? Oh, no? Okay. Not pregnant yet. Praise yeah, the Lord. Wait, wait a little bit if you can. I always encourage. We we yeah. literally had the honeymoon baby thing. So it was like, oh, yeah, man. It, was, it, was, it was rough. But yeah. amazing. That was my pastor's story, too. They had, they got honeymoon yeah, pregnant. Yeah, it's good. You, what are you so, going to do? You're going to roll with the punches. So, But if you can, yeah, you exactly. know, try to enjoy each other for a few years, whatever. Uh, anyway, yeah, yeah. We, we, we met, we're married, and it wasn't probably a year into our marriage where we started traveling. I mean, we literally, our son wow. was three months old, and we did a ministry tour in Ireland. I mean, my wife's pregnant wow. with my, my first girl who's now our second yep. middle child. And, and we're in a 40 day tour of Europe, literally with a one-year-old, wow. you know, traveling the country, doing Ooh. the whole thing. So we've, 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 we've done it all. We've, we've kind of yep. rode 60 miles an hour through our entire life, but it's all been Jesus centered. It's all been, you know, it's, it's, it's been beautiful. It's not yeah. always been easy. It's not always been romantic right. and perfect, but it's been, um, it's been beautiful. So. Oh, I love it. Wow. Well, okay. So I, I really want you to just tell everyone, um, something that my friend said the other day is, is Baylor, Jesus happened and he keeps happening. And I'm like, amen. Yes. Hallelujah. So would you just tell, um, just tell everyone how Jesus is happening right now in your life. Like, what is it looking like? What, what's your season? Like, I mean, in new Orleans, you can talk about it a little bit if you want. Um, just any, any testimony of, of current, uh, that Jesus has been doing. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, um, I feel like everything in life is seasonal. It comes full circle. I mean, it's weird how, um, you know, right now we're currently leading a move of God and, and it's, it's really not a church, um, but it's really just many different um, churches and believers coming together in this bar on Bourbon Street in New Orleans. And so <laughs> to answer a few questions for people, because I know that freaks people out sometimes. Um, no, we're not taking back shots with the patrons. Um, no, we're not. <laughs> this isn't a Christian owned coffee house thing where it's like, oh, that's cute. Like Christians gather somewhere besides the church. Right. No, this is a full-fledged bar. Um, you know, no, we are not partying, partying with the patrons that come through. If you don't know Bourbon Street, yeah. it's kind of hard to imagine. I would say picture Broadway in Nashville um, on crack. Um, I was going to say like Yeah, like picture 12. that with but, – but, but like just there's strip clubs. There's naked people. You wow. can drink in the streets legally. There's voodoo, witchcraft, warlocks, witches. There is. Woo! There are. There's a van. The only legit vampire coven is literally in New Orleans, Louisiana. It's a very occult leaning city. There's a gumbo of different religions and faiths, and wow. everything is just wild. I mean, even the spiritual atmosphere wow. when you go onto Bourbon Street yeah. is just. And some, uh, having been here for two years, I can, and, and coming and doing this for two years, I can really, really say with, with authority. I mean, we've lived in San Francisco and Berkeley, like we've been in the liberal strongholds. We've wow. seen, listen, nowhere is as wild as Bourbon Street. I'm telling you. I mean, Ooh. it's like Amsterdam. It's like, yeah. 
parts of New York City. It. It's it's just got this wild vibe, very spiritually intense, dark too. But in mm. all of that, God is saving hundreds of people, delivering hundreds of people, healing yes. supernaturally, yes. hundreds of documented miracles taking place in a bar in the very smack dab middle <laughs> bleeding heart of New Orleans, Louisiana. I mean, we're just seeing, it's almost like Come God on. saying, show me the hardest place. Now watch what I'm going to do. Show me the hardest thing Let's you can show go. me. I mean, because it would be cool if this were happening anywhere else. But the fact that it's happening right. where there's literally witches and warlocks right in front. There's, there's strip clubs, brothels, sex trafficking, drugs, everything. You know, there's gangsters, pimps, wow. prostitutes right there in front of you, open air. And God <laughs> is saying, nothing scares me. Nothing's too hard. Hallelujah. I will show up right in the middle of this darkness and I will do, quite frankly, anything I please to do. All I'm asking of you is worship. Amen. So we go, we literally just worship Jesus. Um, and many times this yep. looks like the greatest party on, you know, on Bourbon Street. People are, you know, have come in and got set yeah. free of, you know, depression, suicides. They've come up and said, you know, I was going to kill myself tonight. I wandered in this bar drunk. I got sobered up in the presence of God <laughs> and I've given my life to Jesus. Thank tonight. you, Jesus. Drug cartel saved. Human traffickers Woo. saved. Woo. People that are the worst of the worst <laughs> being saved. And you, you know what we're doing? We're literally just worshiping, hosting the presence of Jesus and preaching the simple gospel. Yep. And that's it. And yep. he's doing the rest. So that's kind of what Jesus yes. is doing. It, yes. And I'm just, I feel like I'm along for the ride. Might I say that I've done come nothing on. to kind of, I didn't come off of a 40 day fast with this. I actually came into yeah. this revival in New Orleans that we're not leading. I really came into it in a very broken place, almost cynical mm. after 12 years of being in green rooms and seeing all the crap that happens in churches yeah. and movements. And by the way, Woo. you will see it and it will happen. And the Lord uses it. Right. And we have a responsibility. Everyone's going to get church hurt. Everybody. Jesus got really church yeah. hurt. If you didn't hear the gospel <laughs> story yet. Um, yes. but the truth is, is how we respond and in our faith and our love Amen. in those moments of forgiveness is what determines the outcome. And I came from a, I was coming from a really wilderness, dry, dark season and the Lord in his kindness. Wow. Almost. It was like he, he did it despite me and he renewed me and revived me in, and in, in ways that I didn't even know I needed it. And so, yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Thank yeah. you, Lord. It reminds me your experiences now. Well, A, I'm just so grateful that the Lord is using you and your family and that you are just being like an open vessel for him. Like, thank you, Lord. Yeah. We need more of that. We need more. We need more people laying their lives down and their dreams down to actually be used. Um, and I'm sure when you were a little kid, you weren't like, dear God, I want to go to no. Bourbon Street and lead her. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, here he is just doing what he does. And it reminds me of, uh, in the church of acts, like when the people would, would come up to the, to this, what looked like a party and they yeah. think people were drunk, you know, and, and this happens at my church too, here in Nashville all the time. There's a bar right next to the church and people come up. There's a guy that, that recently came up and asked us yeah. what we were yeah. on. <laughs> You know, and, and what we said was Jesus, we're on him and he's, he's alive and, and he is better than any drug or drink. Um, and I know that 
the listeners on this uh, episode will appreciate. Um, hopefully, uh, um, I feel like this episode will be a, a slight splash in the face uh, in the best way um, possible, you know, because what you what you have is um, living water. And, and that's what those people need on Bourbon Street and around the world. And even here in Nashville and, and, and yeah, in the churches, we all Chris, need it. we you know? need a fresh um, awakening. I want to say this really quick, Baylor. We literally I was on a call with the the underground church leader of he's leading the largest underground church in the world right now in Iran. And this man has no real, not, he has a name. There's only about four or five people that know his name. We just call him by yeah. a name. That's not his name, which I can't even mention here. The guy is wanted yeah. by yeah. governments. He's Woo. leading thousands of, of churches, um, I mean, hundreds of thousands of believers in persecuted nations, literally the man has given himself for the gospel. He told me a story the other day of a 14-year-old illiterate Iranian girl that's leading 14 churches underground right now. Listen, there, there is, they are now sending missionaries from the underground church to America to evangelize what they call the lukewarm American church who's under the sway of a satanic lullaby. I know that is very like harsh and might sound really crazy, but listen, people are giving their lives, their bodies, their, their, (laughs) their families for the gospel of Jesus in the earth. Like Jesus is moving in, in the darkest of places. And I want to say like, it is time in America that we remember from where we've fallen. Like we, we have to live for the pure, simple gospel, not for fame, yes. not for influence, not for Amen. follows. I know God uses all of those Woo. things. I'm with it. You know what I'm saying? But there is also a place yes. where we have to say, listen, the Lord is moving powerfully despite in these countries, despite any influence, any Amen. fame, any social media, the gospel goes forward. So I just want to say, man, to anyone who's listening, like the, Jesus is alive. The gospel is moving in the nations. The kingdom of God <laughs> will not be stopped. There is no amount of darkness, uh, you know, that can stop what Amen. Jesus is doing in the earth. So I just want to invite people into Amen. that freshness. If Jesus happened and then you've fallen into church hurt or this or that or the other, or, you know, apathy, man, he's, he's here right now just saying, I'm just waiting for you to go all in, you know? (laughs) Amen. Amen. And that is a great ending to this episode. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Chris, for coming on. Thank you, everyone that's listening. Um, Chris, do you mind just praying us out? Honored. Love you guys. Can't wait to to meet your new handsome hubster. And uh, yeah, Lord, we thank you (laughs) for this time. We just thank you for those listening. God, if, if there's those listening right now that are, that have, lost their hunger, or maybe they, they're just thinking about, you know, their first days with you, their first love with you. Would you reignite that first love in them right now and cause them to say, I don't want anything else, but just Jesus. Give me Jesus. One thing is necessary. Luke 11 and 10 to sit at the feet of the Lord and hear his word. There's only one thing necessary and it won't be taken from us. So God, I just pray intimacy, first love would just captivate their heart right now in Jesus name. Amen. 